of Dynasty DNA Fantasy Football Summer Camp. Got a little bit of a treat for you guys today. Not only am I going to be here, Andy at DNA on Twitter, another member of the Dynasty DNA podcast is here. And of course, our good friend, Mike Kashuba here, ready to talk some football at our summer camp here, man. There's nothing like talking about fantasy football in the dead time and trying to keep up with everything. But hey, how's your summer been, man? I got to ask you first. Yeah, summer's been good. We uh, just had my wife's cousin in town, so went to the beach a whole bunch, played some uh, beach games, drank some beers, and now just trying to, you know, drag my butt back to work. But what about you guys? How's summer been for you? Oh, it's pretty much all the same, man. We're going to have a big get-together here with everyone this weekend, so it's going to be a good time. We're, we're keeping everything up to date with the podcast, get, keeping stuff rolling, doing some division breakdowns. And I know that you are involved in a new podcast. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, I actually guested on this show for the first time right when I started uh, appearing on podcasts. It's the Fantasy Football RPG podcast. That can either be role-playing game, random points game, or there's some other things that the RPG could stand for. And uh, it's with my co-host, Corey Bittner, Bittner Steel on Sleeper. And we've actually been rolling through the same thing, some divisional breakdowns, talking about we just did the NFC East and the AFC South, which are probably the two most boring that you can talk about. Yeah, it's but uh, really, really excited to get into. I think we got the AFC West and the AFC North coming up. So some pretty good stuff rolling out. Definitely, man. Definitely. I, You know, it's so hard because you're trying to me and Andy talked about this. You're trying to find like really good topics to try to touch on. But you can only do so many mock drafts. And all the fun <laughs> right. fun stuff. But the people love yeah. the mock drafts, man. You get the downloads on the mock drafts. <laughs> yeah, they love the mock drafts. They love the rankings. They love the. Yeah. Like everyone will, they'll hate click on it. You're like, Hey, uh, Bijan Robinson, not a running back one. And it's like, he's a running back one, but people will click <laughs> on it anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you, there has been some interesting things going on right now. And I'm going to ask you the first mm-hmm. question. I know me and Andy are going to ask you a variety of questions. He'll ask you his next question. But the first thing I want to talk to you about is these running back possible holdouts that are going on, we know we heard about Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. How do you feel on each of those situations, and how do you feel about like their fantasy value going into the season? I mean, Dynasty, we all know, it's. I always say it's a marathon, not a sprint. I mean, sure, you can take it. To, you know, it ain't as big of a deal as a redraft, but still, you don't want to draft these guys in a startup and have a bust year. No one likes that. Mm-hmm. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on these guys? Yeah, so I think each of them, it's a very, can kind of just be overarchingly waved off. It's very easy for a running back to hold out in June. There's not a lot of organized things going on. They don't want to go run in shorts. Them running in shorts isn't going to affect the way that they play. So when it's, what's today, June 26th? Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to hold out and want to get paid more. But once mandatory things start coming up and they start possibly losing some of their income, uh, that's when it's going to start getting a little tricky. Definitely, man. And, and, and out of the three, I mean, like so out of some of these guys, who are some of the ones that you think are going to be like, is Josh Jacobs, you more worried about him? You more worried about Saquon Barkley? I mean, who, who are you worried about the most out of that group? Yeah, I'd, I'd say my biggest concern right now is probably J.K. Dobbins, just because yeah. he has the injury history. He's probably the most worried about getting paid. Like, Saquon knows that if he plays, he means a lot to the Giants organization. Dobbins, he doesn't have that security of having either a Pro Bowl or something under his belt already. So 
a little worried about Dobbins having to hold off. What do you guys think? Jacobs, Dobbins, Barkley? I, I, I'm personally kind of thinking Jacobs. He kind of had a cryptic tweet there. Uh, <laughs> I think it was like five days ago. It just said bad business. So that's a little bit alarming. He also played hurt last year a lot. So even if he does sign, I feel like there's a good chance where he's maybe not going to play if he's a little banged up. And, and he we plays know, on that franchise tag. And we all know Andy's not on the Raider ship. He's not on the Raider boat. No, no, man. Yeah. And it's nothing against the Raiders. It just, it is bad business. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Like ownership. I don't know. It's just cross the board. Like it just don't yeah. make a lot of sense. One thing I will say for the Raiders bringing in Tom Brady, I don't think that's a bad move in any scenario. Having Tom no. Brady in your organization helps in any form or fashion, but it, it was not, a desperation play. <laughs> a desperation play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, getting back to J.K. Dobbins, and I know you're high on him, and a lot of people are counting on him coming off this injury. We all know coming off an ACL tear, it isn't easy, you know, coming back. Right. And right. We're, we're really thinking and expecting big things out of him. Last year, towards the end of the season, he was really running really well. Being Steelers fans, all of us, we know that. And yeah. the, fact, the fact that he may hold out, is really concerning. I mean, for a player that's played, what, a season and a half maybe of football? It, it, I, I think the sense. big question with him mainly is, what's he looking for? He don't really have any anything to stand on, you know? Right, right. He has so, no like, if, if he wants paid like Barkley and I'm like, what have you done? Yeah, exactly. I mean, at least Josh Jacobs, I mean, he run like a man possessed last year. And yeah, he did. And as you said, Saquon is a big, integral part of the Giants team. He is their team, essentially. Right, right. So that is really, really concerning. I don't know what's going to happen with some of these guys, but that's something to keep your eye on. But we're all watching that. Startup drafts are coming. I think that's really good, important stuff to know and kind of look out for. But yeah. I, know, I know you got something, too, to ask Mike in. What's your question next? One thing I want to add on to that, July 17th is when these deals, you know, for a long term, or they got to sign a franchise tag or hold out. So they could hold out, clean up until the preseason or not sign it. But if you're looking for a long-term deal, it's got to be done by July 17th. Yeah. In in order for some of these guys to try to maximize their value, they might wait till closer till that July 17th. I know I would. Yeah. Yeah, and as a running back, you got to take advantage of anything you can because we all know teams don't like to pay them. Right, so. right. <laughs> so my question for you, Mike, who's a player at OTAs you're hearing about that kind of makes you excited? Yeah, uh, great question. I already had kind of like a, a pre-draft excitement about Quentin Johnston. I was a little worried about, you know, the hand catching, whether he was going to be able to adjust to the offense, but – as I deep dove into what the coaching staff looks like, what the offense looks like, and kind of the receiving profile that QJ is entering the league with, the, it's hard to not get excited about camp hype because it's the dead part of the offseason and you just really want to get into something. But right. jumps so high, he can catch so well, he's so fast. Yeah. When you combine all those things with being tied to Justin Herbert, like it's hard not to get you know a little excited. He's but definitely right. – He's definitely one of them guys that's like the t-shirt and shorts workout warrior. Yep. He, he wins <laughs> yeah. every time at the combine. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and here's a question for you. Quentin Johnson's a good one because he is like one of the biggest boomer bust guys mm-hmm. in fantasy. 
But as a Steelers fan, we've been hearing a lot about Jalen Warren. What's, yes. your, what's your take on this? Are you are you as a big a believer as a lot of the community that he's going to step into these shoes and take off? Or do you still think this is Najee's backfield? Yeah, uh, I think it's Najee's backfield. I think there's a lot of people that are kind of writing off Najee because of the foot injury. They're not writing him off because the offensive line was bad. Some of the metrics that we use to gauge how running backs perform, like uh, expected yards over or yards over expected yards after contact. It's hard to get those things when you're getting hit two yards in the backfield. Yeah. Like right. If you're getting you think about like two yards after contact, if I'm already running at you full speed, I can still just trip forward. That's two yards. <laughs> if I'm getting the ball and now I'm getting hit by three guys and I get two yards, that's way more impressive. And that's what Najee does. So I think it's his backfield to lose. And I think Jalen Warren's a great spark but he's not going to overtake Najee in snaps, touches, or any meaningful things unless there's an injury. And, and I'm glad you said that because I'm on board with you on that. And I know Andy is too, and I'm going to let him touch yeah. on this in a second. But the offensive line, people forget it was so bad. I mean, they I don't think they watched a lot of the games. I mean, if you watch these games, this line was historically bad for the Steelers the last couple of years. And this guy is an animal, Najee Harris. And I'm still a believer. I'm buying. And if you want to touch on this, I know this is a subject we talk about. Yeah, I I think a lot of people are more analytical nowadays, which isn't a bad thing. And if you look at Najee's yards per carry, it's not very good. But like Misa, when you're getting hit in the backfield and still getting something, yeah. that's something that, that analytics can't tell you. you got to actually see that. All of us as Steelers fans obviously seen that. So Yeah, and, and I think those receptions will go up. I mean, I don't think he's going to be near what he was his rookie season, but I do think he'll improve a no. little bit there. Yeah, no. yeah, and – and I mean, I think Jalen Warren, as a Steelers fan, yeah, he, he's a great player for us. And he's going to be a player that if Najee were to miss time, like he can end up having some success. We've seen it in the past with guys like D'Angelo Williams for the Steelers, uh, Jalen Samuels, you know, guys. At one time, D'Angelo was a good player for the Panthers, but guys that could step up into that role and, and help us get through until Le'Veon was back or whoever. You want to go way back, Najee Davenport. You remember him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Play well for us, the ex Packer running back. Or what about the the Deuce Staley Jerome Bettis days? That's it. Yes. Yep. That was a heck of a combo. I remember TJ and I, we met uh, Amos Zerowin and Chris Fatuma Fala. (laughs) That was pretty cool. That was way back. Yeah. (laughs) Old school stuff right there. But in all honesty, though, like, I'm glad that everyone's on the same page with that. Like, I think it's just keep it perspective. I've said it for a long time. I think Jalen Warren is a fantastic handcuff. If you can get him later in startups or if you can get him off the waiver wire, anything, I think he's a great play there. But it's just keep it in perspective. If he blows up, that's great, but I wouldn't overthink it if I was thinking about the running backs for the Steelers. No. But, uh, Mike, this one's a good one for you. I want to know, so one rookie that you have the most shares of right now, who's one guy that you're buying in on the most in, in these rookie drafts or in startups if they're involved in startups? Who are you in on? Yeah, so I think if you look at the cost associated with it compared to the you know shares that I have of them, I'm buying Anthony Richardson everywhere that I can. It's just I can't get up to the 102 everywhere that I want to. Uh, <laughs> he was my quarterback. Tough. Yeah, he was my quarterback one before the combine. He was my quarterback one after the combine. He was my quarterback one when he landed in the perfect situation with the Colts. Like I th- he's checking all of the boxes for fantasy football, and my dogs are really excited about him too. In case you couldn't hear. <laughs> 
but when we talk about everything else, it's uh, it's probably Tank Bigsby. Yeah. I think that he has the receiving profile and the opportunity or Ty J Spears. I love both of those running backs in the mid to late second round. And I think they're elite handcuffs or the future RB one for their team. But what about you guys? So what's your, uh, Andy, what's your biggest shares? Couldn't, couldn't agree with you. I have Tajay Spears wrote down and I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen it, but that game against USC single handedly, man, just, just won them the game. I, I believe it was a cotton bowl. So yeah, I know. I love Tajay. I know you're. He, he runs like he's covered in slime, man. Like he's just so good. I know you're a Tajay guy. I would say for me, man, there's two players, and it's always in the second round that I'm really in on. It's Jaden Reed from the Packers, and it's uh, Rasheed Rice for the Kansas City Chiefs. We were big on them before the draft even started, saying they were going to get good capital. It worked out. They really went to some pretty good landing spots, all in all, especially Rasheed Rice. And this is a question for you, Mike. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver room. I know you like Kadarius Toney. Outside of that, you can make an argument to me that Rasheed Rice right now is the best pure receiver on that roster, yes or no? I think there's definitely an argument to be had. Uh, What's interesting is that Kansas City's offense always spreads out the ball to all sorts of different receivers. Yeah. So other than Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, I don't think they've had a 1,000-yard receiver in the entire time Patrick Mahomes has played. So he's really good at spreading the ball around. He's going to support probably two to three, maybe even four wide receiver threes. But it's going to be frustrating trying to figure out which weeks they get the touchdowns and the explosions. But if I'm betting, I think it's Rasheed Rice. Mm. But I think Sky Moore is actually closer than people give him credit for. They want to throw him away after a bad rookie season. Definitely. I think that's Mm. keeping perspective. You know, we hear people talking about me and Andy were talking about this. Justin Ross, you know, he's someone else that's still getting a lot of hype. The undrafted player out of Clemson and also uh, Sky Moore. And like I said, I think if you just think about it logically, Sky Moore is an okay player, but some people just thought he was going to be something that was just huge and it didn't work out, you know, so far anyhow. And I'm like you, it might just be the Kansas City offense. Yeah, I think everybody wanted to take Sky in the back of the first round because they saw Here's a rookie tied to Pat Mahomes with the top. Was it 50 or 60 pick? Like high enough draft capital. Yeah, it was pretty high. But now you have the same exact scenario with Rasheed Rice where it's a rookie with a good receiving profile from a small school tied to Pat Mahomes. But an interesting anecdote is that Pat Mahomes actually invited Rasheed Rice to pre-draft workouts to see if he would like him or not. And then he went to the GM and said, you will pick this guy because he's Pat Mahomes and he can say things like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if he likes him already and they already have a bit of built-in chemistry, that's bodes well for him. Yeah. And, and Chad said in the, in the chat, Reed just has, has zero floor with 18 miles to feed and an unknown factor at QB, really good best ball dart throw, but so, so much risk. I mean, I agree. It's a lot of risk, but I really like the tape of this guy, man. And a lot of people had him going third, fourth round and, and he went a lot higher than expected. So, I really, really, it feels good when you watch the tape, you like the player, and then they get the capital. So, all in all, Green Bay is a big risk, all, I think, across the board. I think you guys can agree with that. I mean, I think the whole situation is kind of up in the air there with Aaron Rodgers departing. That's a big hole that, you know, on their team that they haven't had to fill in a long, long time. I mean, when you go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, you're pretty spoiled. Yeah, definitely. 
I, I think they had a pretty good draft, though. I really like the move that they, they got rid of Aaron Rodgers. They capitalized on Lucas Van Ness. And you know I'm a big Musgrave fan, and they grabbed Musgrave in the second round. So with yeah. him and Jaden Reed and, and Christian Watson going into his second season, I think it could the future could be bright for these guys. I mean, we just we just got to see what Jordan Love is. That's the key factor. And, uh, I mean, was a first-round pick. I know whenever we watched him, I believe he's out of Utah. He's seen some throws. It was like, damn, what a throw. And other throws, it's like, what the hell is he doing? He threw it in the third round of the stands. <laughs> <laughs> so we just got to see a little bit of consistency. And, uh, I mean, I, th- I think things could really work out for him. And from an NFL perspective, their defense is fantastic. I mean, I don't think that's in any slouch of a defense. I mean, they'll hold them in a lot of games. That division's pretty wide open. The Vikings do Viking things. I like the Vikings, but they always yeah. do something. You know, and then the Lions, yeah. <laughs> Lions are still an upstart team too. So Green Bay right. is still one of them teams that'll be right in there, I think. Yep. Yep. And then uh, it's uh, and uh, and what are you, what do you want to ask Mike next? I was going to talk about some controversial players, and I know Mike. I had a post about this guy, Kyle Pitts, and me and you. We kind of took a little bit of heat on that man. I mean, oh man. <laughs> From some well-known analysts, too, like guys that are kind of, you know, bigger in the industry. And it seems like a lot of people are out on Kyle Pitts. And I don't know. He's still my tight end one. Uh, he's real close with Mark Andrews. How do you feel about Kyle Pitts? Yeah, I mean, we, we were both catching heat because we agree on this one. He's the youngest one that's available. That mm-hmm. Like, he's still younger than Dalton Kincaid. And people are spending, you know, their 107 or 108 in Superflex on him. Like, I would rather have Kyle Pitts, who already – has the second most receiving yards as a rookie for tight ends is tied to an offense that while they're like weird, the way that they do things, they're going to run the ball a whole bunch. Like he had 500 unrealized air yards last year. If he, like if Marcus Mariota had more than a noodle for an arm, he would have been fine. And (laughs) I'd like to think Desmond Ritter will be at least okay. Right. I don't think it can be any worse. (laughs) (laughs) So I think with the tight end position, the way that it is, like, give me the guy that's the supreme athlete. Give me the guy with the top 10 draft capital. Give me the guy that's – maybe he's not going to give me a tight end one overall season for another couple of years, but he's he's firmly in the top five in points per game, hopefully, moving yeah. forward. And, and we always, Mike, mention this like with, with Kyle Pitts, and we've said it, Vernon Davis situation. It reminds me so much of that. You go back mm-hmm. to the Vernus da- to Vernon Davis situation, yeah. heck of an athlete getting picked around that top five range. Went to the 49ers back in the day. It did not work out. It was a mess. He kind of bounced around a little bit, but everywhere he went, he put up solid numbers because he's that kind of an athlete. And I think that's the same thing with Kyle Pitts. We are getting closer to the end of that rookie deal. So if it don't work out, he could even move on to greener pastures too. Yeah, I think if you take Kyle Pitts as he stands now and drop him in any other offense, people are really, really excited about him. But just – with the way that last year went, it was kind of a letdown. Uh, really, the sky's the limit for the guy on an athlete and a prospect basis. It's just trying to find the right system, and that's different for Dynasty and Redraft. So, And, and my, my thing with this, too, is if Desmond Ritter's good or better, then that's good. If he sucks, they're going to have a high pick. What if they get a Drake May? or I mean, I don't think they're the worst team in the league, but... <laughs> Right. I'm just saying things can change really fast. Yeah, you you give him Drake Mayer, Quinn Ewers, just sending deep bombs down the seam. Like, yeah, it's going to be a thing of beauty. But 
if they do go the rookie quarterback route next year, I just wrote an article for last word on sports. It's where you can find all of my uh, write-ups. The rookie quarterback effect is actually like, it's, it's like stepping on a landmine for some fantasy assets. So when you think about, you know, Deontay Johnson last year and George Pickens last year, the fact that they were even able to be top 36 wide receivers with a rookie quarterback, it bodes well for them moving forward. But um, it basically caps a player unless it is a record setting year, like Justin Herbert's rookie year. Every other time they average as like a wide receiver 25 for the top receiver. And that's just not wow. where those guys are being drafted this year. So uh, I would avoid rookie quarterback situations for redraft and then for dynasty wait for the year because they're going to be bad and then buy them low next year. And here's a good, here's a good one for you. I know this one will hit Andy, uh, another controversial player. Are you still in on Jamison Williams? Are you still in on him or are you kind of more like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, this might be a little bit of take lock, but I liked Jamison Williams as my wide receiver one last year. <laughs> and I haven't seen him play any meaningful snaps. So I have no reason to know that I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I I am a little worried. I would still I would still try to get him where you can, but it's certainly like Drake London versus Jameson Williams. You sh- should want Drake London. When you think about Garrett Wilson, when you think about Chris Olave, like all of those guys were going in the same range, but they've all already shown it. Like they've checked the box that they're good at football. Jameson Williams is good at FanDuel, I guess. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, here's a hard one for you. George Pickens or Jamison Williams? This has been an argument on the Dynasty DNA podcast. We know that Ty is a big George Pickens believer. Muscles is against him. This is like a feud beyond feuds. So who are you on board with if you had to go one for one? Uh, This is a bit of a cop-out, but in my Dynasty wide receiver rankings, I have them in the same tier. So Uh I like both of them. But I I think I would rather have the – the upside of Jamison Williams. It, it stinks. Like I, I don't want to say that as a Steelers fan, but I think that he's just going to be in a way better situation, but I am seeing the notes over here from uh, Chad TTV. That's a flawed stat that so many of the teams that draft rookie quarterbacks have few offensive weapons to begin with. Uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield had Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Um, you know, Justin Herbert, he had the record-setting year, but he had some pretty good weapons. You think about Justin Fields' rookie season, he had uh, Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, back when Allen Robinson was allegedly good. I think that there are situations that had a lot of very, very good receivers. It's just they got dragged down a little bit by a rookie quarterback. Definitely. I agree with you. And, and every situation so different usually, you know, and but I'm, I'm like you. What Herbert did was impressive. I mean, and, and the fact there's so many people giving up on him right now, too, after last yeah. season, which is kind of discouraging to see in the community. It's like he's still that guy. That offensive line was banged up, too. I know their uh, outstanding left tackle. Slater was out for the season, and it was just kind of a mess there. And we all know that Mike Williams, he's always banged up. Andy can attest to yeah. that. That's, he was. He, I've been a Mike Williams true there, and it just it just sucks. <laughs> well, yeah, you had him on our home league dynasty team for, and you just you love that guy, and he he always is hurt. There's always something going on. He's a damn good player if he can just stay healthy. I mean, that's just kind of been his whole mo. Yeah, and and, and sticking on these controversial players, there's two more we want to talk about. Javante Williams, running back, Denver Broncos. 
I mean, we've heard rumors that maybe somebody comes in, maybe somebody doesn't. We don't know. Samaj P. Ryan's there. He right now we're hearing a lot of good stuff about him and that Sean Payton offense. A lot of people are liking him as a later round pick in startups. But how do you feel about Javante? Are you are you in on him big time? I would not say that I'm in on him big time. I'm I'm big on him for 2024. It's one of those things. There's the cycle of how people feel about players. So, you know, if you're targeting a receiver with a rookie quarterback, like wait a year until they don't like him. If you're looking at a running back that's coming off of a catastrophic injury, wait until he comes back to the field, doesn't look great for a couple of games, and then go buy him. So I still believe in the player long-term, but I'm not willing to pay the prices that he is right now for somebody that's held him through the whole ACL injury. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, and I'll tell you, there's so many people that like with the ACL that we hear, like, you know, you forget about that stuff. And it is a serious deal. When you come back, not every player is going to, like, I think, what was it? We seen that doctor on uh, Twitter talk about, I think it was Adrian Peterson. Was it Jamal Charles was the other guy? that had an Yeah, there was a couple guys. Yeah, but other than that, the bulk of them just had trouble, you know, when they come back. Yeah. it just You just can't snap your fingers and come back as a running back one. So. Right. That's all always in play. And the last one, the last, or oh, you want you go ahead, and you want to touch on that? Oh yeah, I, I, I'm I'm kind of like Mike. I mean, I'm dabbling to see what the prices are, but I'm definitely tempering expectations this year because mm-hmm. you just don't know. His big mo is breaking tackles, and I mean, if he's not 100, percent he's not breaking tackles or can't run as hard. Then, I mean, he is a good pass catcher, but he might he might be down a little bit this season, or it might take him the first 10 weeks or so to get right. The only thing that I kind of think is alarming, though, is they didn't bring in a Dalvin Cook, at least of yet, or a Leonard Fournette. Because Samaj P. Ryan's okay, but we know what Samaj P. Ryan is. He's just average, you know? Yeah, other than the Cincinnati, <laughs> like, one-hit wonder, it is it is a little bit concerning, but I do think he's a good value. You get him later. As a handcuff, even, that's a good pick, you know? Mm-hmm. But I'm like you. It's kind of like the Jalen Warren thing. you got to kind of temper expectations a little bit. Yeah. But the most importantly, great beard. Oh, thank oh. you. Appreciate it. No, I meant Samaja. Yours is fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He does have a good beard. Yeah. But the last player we want to talk about, Mike, is Rashad White. And this is a guy that, you know, the, the dynasty community is being really, like, stickler, sticklerish on him. I mean, I know that, you know, any, they can sign anybody any minute. I get that. But still, like Andy said, he survived the draft. He survived the initial plunge in free agency, and he's still the guy in that backfield, and really there's no one there that can supplant him to me right now. So what do you feel about him? Yeah, it's it's going to be unfortunate for me to say this out loud because I loved Sean Tucker pre-draft, uh, <laughs> but they, he, they just pulled him in as an undrafted free agent. So that backfield is Rashad White's. Baker Mayfield is not going to be you know, relied on to win them games, so – when we talk about trying to win fantasy football games, sometimes you really want to look at talent, but even if you don't like Rashad White, which I think he is a very talented player, he's going to get all of the volume in Tampa Bay. So I think it's a perfect situation. And he has an opportunity. If he can be that guy, maybe he can roll with it for a while. I know he's not like this big, bulky, you know, maybe you can run him every down type of back, but he does have skills in the passing game. And I do think he's better between the tackles and people give him credit for, don't you, Ann? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think last year, I mean, Tristan Wurst was hurt. Ryan Jensen was hurt. 
it just kind of seemed like they were on the downfall, and he was a rookie. I mean, things go a lot faster. We've seen guys like Jonathan Taylor struggle at first. And I, as a pure runner between the tackles, he is not the best. I mean, even guys like Alvin Kamara aren't the best between the tackles, but he excels in a pass game, and this is a team that's going to want to run the ball and try to win with their defense. And if they are down, him excelling in the pass game is a great thing for him. We call it dirty points, and he can see a lot of dirty points. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty points done dirt cheap whenever uh, the other team goes into prevent defense. Just give him all them points, baby. That's when you grab your ass cheeks and just hold on for dear life. (laughs) 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 But in the comment section, Mike said, I agree with Mike on Williams over George Pickens. I'm a Pickens fan. My only problem is Matt Canada play calling and Najee Harris usage. Have me leaning Williams. I agree. We always say blame Canada. He sucks. And then we go over down here to Chad. He said, hey, now, no P. Ryan slander here. Don't worry, Chad. I'm still on you with P. Ryan. I like P. Ryan, but it just kind <laughs> me. It's like, his like AD, what's his that? His ADP's climbing up a little bit, though. I think he went in the 10th round, which, I mean, isn't horrible, but. Right, right. Definitely. Definitely. I agree with that. But next thing on the list, Mike, I want to ask you about is uh, we've seen some of these guys come back and have good seasons before, and you're like, man. That was such a great value getting him where I got him in a startup. Who's a player that you're watching that you think are going to have a complete turnaround or bounce back year this year that is getting a little disrespect in the ADP that could put up some big numbers? Who do you like? Yeah. uh, To sound like a complete homer, there's the Deontay Johnson pick, but I feel like you guys have run that into the ground. I've probably run it into the ground through articles and uh, conversations. So uh, I think another prime bounce back candidates, actually David Njoku tight end for the Browns, which again, it's a Browns player. So that kind of stinks, but he has the athleticism. Deshaun Watson should be a better quarterback than he was last year. And uh, people are worried about Elijah Moore. They're worried about Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper is the one I think Njoku is actually more likely to be the two. So. Yeah. And I think in the red zone, he's a great option. And, I mean, I don't know. When Deshaun Watson was in his prime in Houston, it seemed like he would find these no-name tight ends quite a bit. I think he likes throwing to the tight end, too, preferably. Yeah, is it something about it. Um, yeah, it's just he, like something. Yeah, like he. I don't know. Like, watching some of his old games, it seemed like, he, especially down in the red zone, he looks for the yep. tight end. I agree with that. Is there any player, in for you that you're watching on a bounce back? I'm just curious. Yeah, actually, there is. It's it's Russell Wilson. I mean, I know he's a little bit older. Just seemed like Denver's in shambles last year. I mean, with Nathaniel Hackett and just all this drama. And I can't stand Russell Wilson, but I just can't. I just think with Sean Payton, it's going to work. They bring in Joe Lombardi. Like, it's almost just like a playback of Drew Brees. Like, Drew Brees was kind of the guy that wasn't wanted with the Chargers. And then, although he was younger than Wilson... He just came in and kind of made him a Hall of Famer. So we know Sean Payton can win. And then, I mean, having Wilson, I I think we could see a a big bounce back from him this year. Yeah, there's a lot of things leaning towards Denver. And that was what I was discussing. Like, uh, one team I'm watching, we always try to get into these offenses that are going to be a little bit more explosive. Like, before, they're really valued through the roof. And I think Denver's one right now that I would watch really intently. I think Baltimore's mm-hmm. another one. I think the Saints are another one. Some teams just to kind of watch out for, you know, to see what's coming. And I, it, it, I think it's just good to get ahead of the game in them scenarios. 
Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. One more thing with the uh, explosive offenses. I talked a little bit about it earlier. The Chargers got Kellen Moore, mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator for yeah. the Cowboys. That's a heck. Uh, that's a heck of an ad for them. With Dak Prescott, they were averaging over forty five hundred yards in the air. Uh, no, no unintentional flack at Dak Prescott, but Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than him. So uh, I think that, I think Herbert could break five thousand yards with the weapons that he has, the play style that he has, and he's going to have shootouts against the better Broncos. He's going to have shootouts against the Chiefs. He's going to throw for seven thousand yards against the Raiders and their terrible defense. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I think the AFC West in general is going to be a lot better this year. I know last year the hype was just through the roof. I mean, we started the Dynasty DNA podcast last year in the summer, and that's all we talked about. We're like, wow, like this division's going to be it's going to be high scoring. There's going to be a lot of playoff teams. Then it just fell flat on its face. But I think now with people being uninjured, coming back from injury, and the coaching change in Denver, there's a lot of things that are going to be happening in that division. I think that's something to watch, I think, in general. So I like the Chargers. I like Kellen Moore. But how do you th- how do you like uh, Brian Schottenheimer in Dallas? I think that was – talk about downgrade. Yeah. That oh, my good. gosh. I This Dallas offense, like, makes me – I was kind of in on Dak as a quarterback. Like, I like him in the you – you can get him in the second round of some super flex drafts. Mm-hmm. God, if it's Mike McCarthy just trying to run the snot out of Tony Pollard, Deuce Vaughn, and Ronald Jones – like God, somebody needs to come like save that team. I think the Cowboys are in for a rough year. I think so. I mean, I, I think Dallas will do good. I'm still in on Dak, but like, I just don't understand the Schottenheimer firing or the hiring and firing of Kellen Moore. We talked about that on our NFC East division breakdown. It really made no sense. It almost like he was the scapegoat, wasn't he? And I mean, you can't fire Dan Quinn. They didn't want to fire McCarthy. So, you know, they gave the can to Kellen Moore, and it just made no sense to me. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm still in on Dak because he's been going in the second round of Superflex Leagues, but I I understand what you're saying, and they probably will just run Tony Pollard. I'm really in on Tony Pollard this year. I I think he could have a monster year. He could stay healthy. Yeah, see, you are – I'm not. See, like, we're on different ends of the spectrum there. Like, And I see what you guys are saying. Like, there's a good chance the injuries worry me so much, you know, with Mm -hmm. him. and then. Getting a full workload, we haven't seen it all season yet. But I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I know what you guys are saying. If he takes off, it could be a home run. Yeah, it definitely could be. And in the comments, uh, Mike said DeAndre Swift in Philadelphia, Sirianni will have a field day for Jalen Hurts with his versatility in the backfield and catching opportunities with a lack of wide receiver three in Philly. Yeah, that's definitely someone to watch out for. I agree with that. I mean, DeAndre Swift, we talked about it. Either you're in or you're out. So. It's kind of a tough, kind of a tough call there. And he said he's a lifelong Jets fan. Brian Schottenheimer still giving me PTSD from the 2010 <laughs> AFC Championship. <laughs> but uh, coming off that, then Mike uh, Steelers, we got to go Steelers talk. You know that real quick. And Andy knows this. <laughs> what do you think about the Steelers? How do you think they did in the off season? And 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 going back to that question before, Deontay Johnson or George Pickens? Who are you leaning out on on these guys? Yeah, so more, more of the floor or more of the upside. Oh man, the the upside of Pickens is just so exciting. But when we talk about somebody that's going to score a little bit more fantasy points and have a little more volume, like I think it is Deontay Johnson until he proves otherwise. 
but I think there's two like really important questions here. One is how do I feel about the Steelers this year? Uh, I am through the roof excited. I think they nailed the draft. I think they nailed free agency. I think they built around Kenny Pickett. I think that this entire team, even if I am wearing a Steelers Super Bowl champs hat, uh, it's just, it's primed for a bounce back year. And it's an offense that we should be getting as many pieces of as we can before they are premium pieces in dynasty. Like you can get Pickens and Deontay Johnson for, what are they going as right now? Like the wide receiver 30, wide receiver 35 in startups. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would rather have both of them than Debo Samuel. I would rather have both of them than, uh, you know, the aging Keenan Allen and some of those guys. So I think it's a great opportunity. So. Oh, for sure. And, you know, the the Pat Fryermuth situation, are you in on Muth? Because that's another thing here on this <laughs> podcast that Ty is anti Fryermuth. He's a big Steelers <laughs> fan like the rest of us. You could ask Andy. He's a hater. So I, I just for him, his sake, do you like Muth this year? I like Muth if it's like late enough that I can be like, oh, this is my late round tight end. But if you're trying to take him in the same range as like Hawkinson, Kelsey, Andrews, I'm just, I can't pay oh, that yeah. price and I'm not waiting long enough. Like somebody takes him before me before I can justify it. Uh Darnell Washington might actually eat into a lot of his snaps this year. I know people don't want to hear that, but he's a way better blocker. He's a way better athlete. He's a mismatch on the field. So would you rather have the run monster that doesn't show what you're doing, or would you rather have Pat Fryermuth? Hearing a lot of good things. Another player out of OTAs is Darnell Washington. We've heard a lot of good things with him. Could be a good sleeper. What do you think of Darnell, Ann? Yeah, I mean, I'm like Mike. He's going to cut into Moose snaps. I mean – He's a sensational blocker. And, I mean, when you're that big, and we've we seen him with the one-handed catch, he's going to cut into some red zone stuff too. Yeah, I think that's where he's going to make his money. I think that he's going to probably do pretty well in the touchdown category. And I think that's what, where it will hurt Muth a little bit for sure. I think that's the one stat will really yeah. drop down. Unfortunately, that red zone, that guy's a huge target, Darnell Washington. Yeah. But to finish it off here, Mike, uh, who's one team that uh, we talked about this? Who's one team that you're trying to buy into now? You said the Chargers. Is there another team that you're looking to buy into here? Yeah, I mean, it's so it's the Chargers because the offensive coach changed. Justin Herbert's a freak. He's not going to have broken ribs to start the year this year, so that'll probably help. Uh, and then next I'm looking at the Steelers because talk about rookie quarterbacks – they kind of hold their team back. It's like a throttle adjuster. They kind of turn it down. Second-year quarterbacks, you either turn the nitrous on or the entire thing goes up in flames. So I'm ready to go for the ride, whatever that is, and I think Pittsburgh is going to go through the roof. I like uh, it. If you, yeah. you told me to name one other team, I think it's Baltimore. Again, the coaching changes make a really big deal, and they have an offensive coordinator that knows what a forward pass is. So I think that will probably open things up. That's for sure. I agree with that. Now, and. You said Denver is there another team you're watching. I think, and everybody's already on it, but it's the Detroit Lions. I mean, what we've seen out of them, they just took big step forward. I mean, we need Jamison back, but they get Sam Laporta. And Jared Goff is low-key, been pretty good for them. I mean, Almond Ross St. Brown's been very solid. So this explosive offense that I think will continue to go forward. Now, at cost, I think a lot of people are already on them. so. The only guy I'm really trying to buy is probably Jamison Williams. 
I know even on the Kyle Pitts talk, somebody said Sam Laporta over Kyle Pitts. Nah, that's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> well, and another another team I want to ask you about that I think is really interesting is the New York Jets. I mean, we know they brought in Aaron Rodgers. They're going for this thing. They're going to try to do what they can. And the fact that Brees Hall's injured, what do you guys feel about the Jets overall this season offensively, and how do you feel about Brees Hall's injury? Are you still buying in like in startups? Where are you picking him? I know I've been getting him late or uh, early second round. He's been falling about middle of the second round, early middle second round. I think that's really good value in dynasty settings, but what do you guys feel about the Jets overall? I think – Aaron Rodgers has one or two more good years. So if you can get him as a later round dynasty grab, he'll be great for competing teams. He might be, uh, if you completely punt on quarterback and redraft, you can take Aaron Rodgers. I think that opens up Garrett Wilson to be a top six to seven redraft receiver, which makes him a top five dynasty receiver with the youth, with the upside. Uh, Like you're swinging for the fences here and you saw it last year. He is an elite, elite, elite talent that they already say is better than Devontae Adams. And by they, I mean Aaron Rodgers. So I support it. Oh. My my big question here is like, who is the wide receiver to there? Because Brees is going to get his work. I think he's going to be great. I'm probably not taking him in redraft right now. Like I just like the value of other running backs more. Definitely. But uh, I think he'll, he'll continue to be great. But who is the wide receiver to? Because Aaron Rodgers is going to support somebody else who's catching passes there. That's it. And I, I think if I had to guess and if I had to lean on one answer, I would probably go Lazard just because that's his guy. He brought him in specifically. I think he'll try to feature him a little bit. But Brees Hall is intriguing. And I'm like you in redraft, it is really hard. But man, that guy was going for so much last year as far as in Dynasty, what you could get him for. I mean, it was like, what, three, four first round picks? I mean, it was insane. And then he has the knee injury and everything kind of bottoms out a little bit. You know, the hype's a little bit down. But how do you feel about Brees? And I know you're a big Brees proponent. How do you feel about him? Yeah, early on in the process, I, I loved Brees Hall. Uh, I'm kind of like Mike, though, in redraft leagues. I'm kind of shying away a little bit because, and I, I've even said this on the podcast, I think it might be till week eight, week 10, something like that, till you see a little bit more heavy of a dose. They've been you know, rumored to be in on Gibbs. That's a little bit alarming. I mean, rumored to be in on Dalvin Cook, a little alarming, so... I, I just think that, I mean, long-term, I definitely still really, really like him, but redraft, I would really watch. And, yeah, good yeah. point. And this is a good question for you, Mike. One last thing I want to ask you. Out of the free agent running backs that are still left, like the bigger name guys, I'm talking Zeke, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, some of these guys that are out there, who do you like out of that group? Because it's so hard in startups right now to pick them, to peg down where they're going to end up. You're taking a big gamble. If you had to try to go for one of them for value, where do you where are you going with that? That's just a good question. Yeah, I think if I'm swinging really, really late, I would probably go with Kareem Hunt. He's had the least mileage out of all of them, so he probably has the most juice left in his system. But with some of his off the field problems, like there's a reason that all these guys are still free agents. Like Zeke is completely cooked. He might go somewhere and be a great pass blocker and goal line back. So he's going to have random spike weeks where he scores two touchdowns. Uh, I think Fournette looked bad last year. I think he looked bad the year before, but Tom Brady loved to throw him a hundred check downs. So he was useful. That's the dirty points we were talking about. That's right. The dirty points. <laughs> I think if Dalvin Cook signs somewhere like Miami, then he could be valuable. But the 
uh, Shanahan system, like what Mike McDaniels runs is it's a lot of speed. It's a lot of motion. It's a lot of just going to the right place at the right time. And cook was known for being able to make guys miss and break tackles and do all of those things. He wasn't known for being a burner. So I think a chain's a better fit there. And I think cook will be a bigger name, but he'll kind of get thrown to the wayside as we go throughout the season. So hunt long story short, long story <laughs> short. How about you and out of them guys, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt, too. And it's really the same reasons. I mean, we've seen Zeke really kind of just struggle. He's like a plunger almost. <laughs> a plunger. You know, just hoping to, get, hoping to get a cheap touchdown. <laughs> he does have that and, hair where you could just whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, I mean, Fournette, same thing. I mean, just a million checkdowns. He ended up, I think he was like an RB1, but whenever you catch 80 balls, I mean, you're probably going to be in PPR formats. Definitely. And then the last thing, uh, talking about teams that were on the upside, you know, we're trying to get ahead on one last year that really leapt off the page that people it's, it's, a, it's costing so much to get in on now is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I know you guys just broke down the AFC, uh, South Mike, how do you feel about Jacksonville? Are they for real this year? And are you a Trevor Lawrence believer now? Is it, are they going to really turn the corner? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a big Trevor Lawrence believer. Uh, I made the show notes for our AFC South one, and all I wrote is Trevor Lawrence is hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that he made Christian Kirk into a wide receiver one, and now he adds Calvin Ridley. They bring back Evan Ingram. They have ETN. They add Tank Bigsby in the passing game. Like He is surrounded by weapons, and even if you're trying to figure out which weapons you want to buy into, if you're trying to figure out which weapon to buy, just buy the quarterback that's getting all of the weapons. So I'm, I'm in on T-Law. I'm in on the Jaguars. I think they're for real, but I think the Colts could give them some trouble because Anthony Richardson is also hot. So <laughs> You in on Jacksonville do, then too, and I'm sure you are from our talks, but I just wanted to see how you felt. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he kind of reminds me of like a LeBron James of basketball, man. Like he's so good. He makes people around him good. Like, we've seen it even in college at Clemson. Some of these guys like Cornell Powell. I mean, the guys actually had some relevant games. Uh, Amari, was it Amari Rogers? Yeah. He's another one. He actually had some decent games that just completely flamed out but looked good in Clemson. And that's because of Trevor Lawrence, man. Definitely. And, and Jacksonville's an intriguing team. And I'm trying to get in on them any way I can, but the prices are just through the roof for the most part. It sucks. But <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but it's always good to try to get ahead on some of the teams we mentioned. But, Mike, uh, this is going to do it for this. We appreciate you coming on. And uh, it's a lot of fun catching up with you over summertime here because we all know in the next, like, you know, half a month, month, things are going to start getting really hectic. we got startup drafts coming hot and heavy as far as the fantasy community goes. So appreciate you taking the time to come on. And, and again, give your plugs for your podcast and for the uh, also for your articles on last word on sports there, Mike. Yeah. So I'll give you guys three places to find me. You can find me on Twitter at FF Mike cash. That's with a K. Uh, you can find my articles at lastwordonsports.com. You just go to the NFL section. I'm one of the editors over there. And then if you're looking for a little more banter like this, but I'll probably be four or five beers deep, go to uh, FF RPG or Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. So thanks yeah. so much for having me on the show, and it's awesome to catch up with Steelers fans. Oh, definitely, man. It's definitely, always nice, Mike. It's always nice chatting with you. 
And the same goes for us. If you guys want to see more content, come on over. Dynasty DNA Fantasy Football Podcast. Every week we're dropping episodes. The Dynasty DNA Fantasy Football Summer Camp. We're going to be doing these every week. We just bring on the people that we've been real tight with, and Mike's been with us for a long time. So, like I said, you always always enjoy picking your brain and talking fantasy football, brother. So we appreciate you having having you on and following. And uh, we'll hey, we'll catch up with you, and we'll see you guys all on the next episode of Dynasty DNA Fantasy Football Summer Camp. Hey, thanks, Mike. We'll see you. Hey, sounds good. See you guys.